episode of the PSPA podcast, brought to you one year after the podcast was launched. I'm Liz Sturgis, a PSPA volunteer, and this Carers Week we're talking about support available to carers and how we can take a little time each day to care for ourselves. At the end of our chat, we'll also be providing a short relaxation session for anyone who wants to take 10 minutes out of their day to relax. Today, we're joined on the PSPA podcast by Jackie Ede, the PSPA Carers Support Group Facilitator. Welcome, Jackie. Thank you for having me, Liz. It's a pleasure. It's Carers Week, so thank you for joining us as we celebrate our podcast being live for a full year and to give our listeners a few tips to hopefully make their day-to-day lives a little easier. What, right at the beginning, what do you feel should be the one takeaway point people should remember this week? That they are valued. The job carers do is so often just taken for granted. Yeah. And there are just so many carers um, in the UK, um, you know, that one in eight adults. So that's about six and a half million people are actually carers. Wow. Uh, and 1.4 million of those actually by 50 hours of care a week that's a huge amount I mean most you know most people don't work that length of time do they no (laughs) No, it's staggering isn't it when you look at it like that it is I mean without carers the whole health system wouldn't really hold up um you know and um and they do save the economy it's 132 billion pounds a year (laughs) That's huge, isn't it? And I know Carers UK worked that out as an average of almost um, 20 grand per carer. Um, so, you, you know, the if there's not just all the emotional effort, practical effort and what have you. It's actually um, doing a service to, um, the, the you know, the rest of the, the welfare system as we have it. And so many people have to juggle work or give it up or change their retirement plans to care. Um, and although most people aren't going to ever want to have it any other way, you know, they're committed to their loved one. Um, but, you know, carers are just so often overlooked and they shouldn't be. Mm. Um, it, you know, it, it can be really um, hard going caring. Um, we know that um, people who provide high levels of care are twice as likely to develop health issues. Yeah. Um, 72% of carers will say that they, you know, they've suffered mental health um, issue as a result of caring. 61 will say it's a physical health issue. Um, and in terms of social health, about eight in 10 people have said they felt lonely and yeah. isolated with what they're doing. And it's just, you know, there's such an importance to being valued with what you do. Um, because it's such a great service to another person caring. Um, you know, it's so kind, um, but it's also very hard work and it does have an impact and take its toll, um, you know, but that dedication and, and selflessness that um, providing that care, you know, regular day in, day out, um, you know, has, it, you know, I really do feel people should be, you know, should know that they're valued for what they're doing. And yes. even if they don't hear it elsewhere, um, that perhaps they hear it on this podcast. That's right, absolutely. And so many people, as you say, the dedication. So many people don't recognise that they are carers, do they? They say, "Well, I'm, I'm looking after my husband or my wife," and um, don't access what might be available to them as carers, which we'll go on to. But yeah, um, they're valued. They're valued. That's the important thing, right? And and 
Jackie, you recently joined the PSPA team to facilitate the new carers support groups. Um, the first meeting received interest from around 90 people, just such a lot. How are the meetings going since they launched in March and what sort of things do you cover? Well, following on from that great start, in April, we've been running a group for each region per month. So that's that's four groups per month. Uh, they are smaller, um, which enables people to have the opportunity to say more of what they would like to. Yes. Uh, when you, you know, when you've got 90 people, 80, 90 people, that, that's, that's a lot. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, of folks and, and people you know, might feel they've not had the, the chance to, um, you know, to chip in. Um, but we're trying out a mixture of evening and daytime options and evenings are definitely the most popular by far. Yes. We, you know, it, it's just, it just seems to fit in sort of post-dinner, pre-bedtime for lots of people. Um, but we are keeping a daytime one as well because some people find that evenings just don't work at all. Um, so um, that's our pattern that we're getting into. And um, yeah, so far, so good with the timings. I think we've, we've, we've got that, you know, we've got that right according to what our, our carers are saying. So that, that's helpful. Um, and, and at each of the sessions, each of the groups, we do have a loose theme. Um, so in April... Um, we started off with energy conservation, which, <laughs> you know, it, it isn't about saving money on your full fuel bills, you know, <laughs> um, but it is about building in small changes to reduce fatigue, um, yes. you know, and the tiredness that, that comes, uh, you know, that can come with caring. Um, then in May, we looked at anxiety and relaxation. Um, and June's topic is all about sleep. Um, as that's something that's come up um, a few times from um, carers in our session. So wanted to follow that up. But, you know, it really doesn't matter how often we go off the subject that <laughs> might be in place. You know, I always write a handout for each month anyway. Um, these groups are primarily for whatever's on people's minds, whatever carers want to share. You know, it's, it's their session for them and for each other. So um, we, do, we just go with the flow of that, really. Yes. And these are all online, aren't they? All yes. Zoom. Yeah. Yeah. These are all online. I know there are, um, you know, some occasional groups around the country. Um, but uh, this one, we we hope provides a bit of even coverage. And actually, we've had people um, not only from the UK, but from outside the UK come along as well. So, um, you know, there, there's clearly a, a need out there. Yes, definitely. So you talked about um, anxiety, you talked about managing your energy, you, you're going to be talking about sleep. Are there other common themes that come out of the carers groups? Oh, yes. Um, there, there, there's quite a few, actually, that seem similar and come up sometimes almost every group. So um, increased pressure on carers at the moment from lack of services or waiting times for them um, is what is is quite a theme. Yeah. Um, as is it being hard to know what services are available in your area because yeah. you know there are so many different organisations, but not everyone knows about what everyone else is doing in the area. Yeah. Um, so it can be really difficult to navigate and feel that you've 
you know, turned over every stone possible to find the opportunities and the support that you need. Or you might not know you need because you don't know it exists. <laughs> you know, you don't know it's going to benefit you until you, yeah. you've had that chance. So um, that's that's another area. Um, having to advocate, I think, more for loved ones because PSP and CBD are so rare. Um you know both the general public and many professionals haven't come across these diseases before it can feel you know really lonely work and quite repetitive having to you know keep explaining um to people um you know the the specifics um of of how that you know how these conditions you know are and progress um you know and and alongside that i think being um being a care coordinator, almost like a PA, mm-hmm. there's a lot of pressure, arranging, chasing people involved. So not only just having to, you know, often be in the position of, of you know, expert explainer to people that you hope would would already have that knowledge. Yeah. Um, it can feel quite a burden on top of day-to-day caring to have all the running around and um, constant trying to organise things. We, ha- we had a carer actually... Um, recently say that they wish that there was a um like a liaison officer like a family liaison officer that you could have um that you know would do that bit for you with all that sort of administrative bit for yes you, you could get yeah. with care and quality of life and um you know with your loved one I thought it was a fantastic idea um so yeah well you know never know one day <laughs> one day things <laughs> might evolve that way yes um, you know, uh, um, I think alongside that, actually, the the overriding sort of common theme that I found in every single group is the um, the support that carers who come along show each other. Yes. yes. So willing to take the time to explain what's been helpful to them, um, you know, to positively encourage and guide other people um, through, you know, particular things. Um, in the midst of lots of obvious difficulties is actually it's really heartwarming um, you know when you're seeing carers you know being able to um, talk to each other um, you know with with great benefit yes yeah I think also sometimes um, carers can fill those some of those gaps you've been talking about by saying well actually I've accessed this in this area and you live three miles from me maybe you can access it as well so sharing of that sort of information is really invaluable isn't it um they don't always carers don't always have time to to do that internet trawl that um is sometimes necessary or perhaps don't even know what they're looking for as you said they don't know what's out there that might benefit them so um yeah the, the carer sharing of information is fascinating isn't it and so invaluable so it is it is and um you know we we have been fortunate because because we've organized these regionally and i appreciate the regions are big and and sometimes you know hundreds of miles in length um you know across the uk and beyond um but we have had instances of people saying oh there's no one who lives in my area and then someone sticking their hand i'm saying i don't live far from there and then meeting up which is well that that's that's 
there's something serendipitous about that I think but um yeah very lovely you know the kind of knock-on benefit that you hope for but you just you know um you know that doesn't often happen so yeah we're really pleased yes brilliant the other things that probably you've covered is carers assessments um would it be possible to tell our listeners a bit more about the assessments and what they can help with and how people can access them please yeah so let's just as you said earlier people might not readily think of themselves as carers yeah because uh, looking after your loved one is about so much more than doing a job you know it's, it's that continuation yes. of your relationship and your commitment to the other person um, however, in UK law, anyone who is providing unpaid care is formally acknowledged as a carer yep. and therefore entitled to a carer's assessment. And no matter how long you've been caring, who for, um, whether you live with them or not, or what tasks you do, what your um, you know, formal relationship, you know, uh, you are you're still recognized as a carer um so carers assessments aren't a check on how good you are at caring the quality they're not they're not going to be giving you a mark out of 10 (laughs) (laughs) these assessments are actually very much for the person providing the care themselves so it's about um you know acknowledging what your caring role is Uh, what you actually do um, and then how that is affecting your life well-being and your own health Um, it should cover things like your feelings and choices about caring um, and whether you might like any counseling or um, to talk to other people and to work through um, dealing with um, diagnosis or coping um, or getting your head around things in general Um, If you're working, carers assessments will look at what support you have from your workplace because um, employers have, you know, um, a duty of care to carers. Yes. Um, So they will also cover that. Um, If you've got any issues with your accommodation and living arrangements and and things aren't working out in your home, um, they can help support with that. Um, and then more commonly known will be things like um, going into depth about financial benefits like council tax reduction, carers allowances, looking at legal issues like support to get um, power of attorney in place. Um, but they also look at other types of support like you know local activities in the area, services, support groups, um, community transport, um, or the blue badge scheme um, that also cover things like options for respite and regular breaks for you in the week, uh, what's possible to provide locally. Um, They'll also cover planning for emergencies, like carer emergency schemes and so on. So actually, if at any time you're no longer able to care and there's a crisis, you know, um carers do you know would say always call social services straight away or have someone call social services straight away to tell them that you know situations change um but the carers assessment is a way of you know looking at that ahead of of what 
you know, um, you might um, you might be able to put in place in advance. So you may have a bit more um, choice rather than in a crisis situation. Um, so they're the kind of things that the carers assessment will cover. Um, and so the other part of your question was about um, where you can get one. So yeah, through, you can either go through adult social care, your social services, but we all know that they're under pressure, um, particularly at the moment, uh, and waiting can, can take quite a while. So I'm gonna recommend the alternative, um, which is that every single county or London borough area, by law has to provide carer support. And depending on where you live, a different organization will have that contract. So, yeah. you know, in your area, it might be like Crossroads or Care for Carers or a particular carers association um, or another provider. Now they can also give you carers assessments. In fact, it's a lot of what their work is. Yes. Um, so obviously they tend to be charities, care charities, but they're very focused on carers. So um, they, they can often um, be more plugged into what's going on in the local community, as well as providing um, a lot more for, for carers to support them. So um, to find out where to go for this, uh, you know, to find out who's who, I suggest you could either call the council or um, look at their website and see, and, and putting carers into the search engine on a council website for you, and it will list who is in your area, so who the organisations are, and, um, I, and I would get in touch with the specific carers organisation um, and, uh, and request a carers assessment. That's a great bit of information, thank you. So it's to go to your local council website, but rather than going to adult social care, just putting in carer, and looking for care who else provides carers assessments in your area brilliant yeah, yeah. I mean, do you think people when they when they've had their carers assessment um done what what should they be thinking about when the assessment's made or when they're being questioned or whatever mm. well i think Actually, because carers assessments should aim to acknowledge the impact your role is having on you and what help and support you need to think about um, or you might require right now, I would definitely take some time to stop and consider before you had the carers assessment, the kind of things that might make your situation easier for you. So, you know, what? Some questions I think that can be helpful is just stopping and thinking, when was the last time I had a day to myself? Yeah. You know, um, you know, is it something I feel I need that I want? You know, what could that look like? You know, do you need some extra help with some of the care or domestic tasks that you're doing now? And and if so, what which ones? What 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 are the ones that you find most difficult? Yeah. Um you know, are you feeling isolated and do you need more time with other people for support? Um, do you need some time to deal with your own health? Um, you know, what would your plan B look like if, um, if, if you weren't able to do some of the things you're doing now? 
Um, I would write, I, I must, I would write, I like a list. So I would write some questions down ready. Um, but I think it's important to remember that, that the first carer's assessment doesn't ever have to be your only one and only because as things change, um, then, you know, with your loved one, then that's going to reflect what, what you're doing. So it can be redone anytime you need it, which could be, you know, in three months time, two years time, um, you know, so you might then after you've, you know, you've had a carer's assessment is to think about, you know, oh, is there anything that, um, that I feel disappointed by or frustrated wasn't around, you know, should I go back, you know, are there any more questions you think of after, um to go back and talk about um and then also just bearing in mind you know as time moves on as the future goes on then uh, you, you know you might have other things that that come up and you can always come back to um to yeah. carers assessments and um see what else can be supportive hmm. that's that's great great to know that you can go back and have it done again and uh, one of the things that crosses my mind is that um as soon as you start to mention social services, adult social care, people worry about financial assessment. Um, and is there a financial um, process involved with carers assessments? Um, there is in terms of eligibility um, for, you know, financial benefits, if that comes up. But generally, a carers assessment more raises the issues. So if there could be a actually, you know, struggling financially or you're not receiving council tax reduction as you should be or you want to apply for continuing health care, you know, these things are more flagged up in assessment and then sort of followed through. Um, and for, for some of those things that, you know, there will be criteria attached and eligibility that the government puts on. But during a, during a carer's assessment, um, doesn't tend to be that they're going through, you know, <laughs> all your financial details and your budget and so on. It's really finding, you know, what the gaps are for you, yeah. uh, what might be missing um, and what benefits are around that perhaps you're not taking up. Yeah. Like attendance allowance or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so that's carers assessments. And you mentioned about other um, care charities like Carers UK and so on. Um, but what other support do you think it's key for carers to access? Um, carer support does vary so much area to area. Um, I think there are two types of support that often get overlooked. So um, one is fairly a fairly new idea called social prescribing. And every area, again, should have a social prescribing link worker or social prescribing coordinator and they are the people involved with knowing everything about voluntary and community organizations things that are not statutory so not your not your social services nhs uh, you know not any of those but everything else and yeah. and you know they should be able to put you in touch with what's in your community and hopefully be a bit of a shortcut to what we were talking about earlier that trying to find out and navigate what's going on locally, uh, which can be a right headache. So they, they are a good shortcut. So that's one. And then um, the second one, I think people um, can often think, oh, that's, that's not for me. But, um, but hospices provide 
a lot of day services for people. So not just end of life care, um, but lots of daytime support. They're often, even though they're, you know, charitably funded, they're often very well resourced and can be a great support. So I would contact local hospice, you know, no matter what stage you're at, um, you know, just to find out what what could be there, um, you know, later on. But as I say, it's it's for people with long term um, conditions, not just end of life care. So, so yes, hospices are also very useful. Um, but overall, I think to be connected with other carers of people with PSP or CBD who really appreciate your situation, who are in it too. I really think that's vital. Um, there's, you know, there's nothing like that shared understanding, that learning um, from others who have dealt with similar or the same things to you firsthand. Yes. Give you, all, you know, the wisdom and guidance from what they know has helped. Um, and a healthy dose of um, encouragement and camaraderie and humour um, goes a long way too. Yes. Yeah, it definitely. And that, and that, as you say, that shared understanding where you don't have to explain the condition, you can just get on with the conversation. That's uh, really helpful, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, so just going back, right, really near the beginning, you talked about um, covering energy conservation in the groups. Um, and this is not reducing your fuel bill. This is your personal energy. What tips can you offer our listeners about this? Oh, um, definitely pace yourself wherever it is possible to, you know, prioritise what's necessary, but let go of the rest of your list of things that that don't get done. If they don't get done, they don't get done. Um, Prioritise the main things and, and let the rest go. Um, lean on other people you know ask for the help you need from organizations or friends or family if that's possible to help ease the pressure on you um you know remember to stop and just breathe out yeah <laughs> your well-being is so important um just generally because it is because all our well-being is but also because you are you know you do have this other role So um, take any opportunity you can to rest and whether that's just, um, you know, sitting when you prepare a meal, for example, you know, most people stand when they chop vegetables, Mm. but actually just sit down and do it. What's what's the difference? If you need to rest your bones, rest your bones while you're doing a job, you know, Um, or just take a few minutes to soak up some sunshine, you know, open your door, you know, remember the outside world's out there and um, yeah, take a breath, just, just yeah take a take a few minutes to yourself that's that's really brilliant fantastic um suggestions yes because you don't think about sitting down to prepare food it's a standing up job isn't it and Mm -hmm. if you can just make life a bit easier for yourself yeah brilliant um so as as well as the carers support we know pspa offers free online pamper sessions for carers every other month um, in order to offer people a little bit of relaxation and TLC. Um, do you have any thoughts on how carers can prioritise a little time for themselves to relax? Yeah, I'm pleased you use the word little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I think a little can go a long way, especially if you can build little things in each day. Yes. Regularly uh, that you find relaxing. So um, it could be like doing a crossword or puzzle book, but um, people can often be put off by not having the time to sit down and do the whole thing in one go. Yes. Um, But even just keeping, keeping something nearby and you do a clue at a time or a line at a time or, you know, whatever the, the puzzles might be, um, you know, and you, you might get one done in a day or it might take a week, but, you know, you, you, you're you still doing something and just taking your mind even for a few seconds off, off other things that are going on. Um, uh, listen to music to change how you feel, lift your yeah. mood. Um, that can always be quite, a, you know, quite an easy one to, to do in the moment. Um, I mentioned earlier about enjoying the outdoors, um, but wherever possible, feeling like, you know, you're part of the rest of the world too. Yes. I I would also say if you're having a, um, if you're having a cuppa to just really pause and enjoy it, um, the the saying goes, so just really savour your food. Just really, you know, enjoy your food and drink as as you do, because, um, it's very easy to to have a meal, have so much in our minds, and not even remember what the taste of what we've just had. Yeah. You know, um, so yeah, just to be more mindful about those sorts of things. Um, some people find praying or meditating in for short periods can be useful. Um, I know someone who used to light a candle, watch it for a few minutes, look at the colours and how it moved about. And then just blow it out and carry on. And <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, so, yeah, I think it, you know, it depends on what works for you. Oh, and um, you mentioned about the um, pamper sessions earlier. And last night, a, um, a Karen group was talking about how she'd been to one of those. And she she realised during the course of it, oh, I could, I could do a face mask or a bit of a beauty routine at home, a cleanse, tone and moisturise. No, I, I could do that. And um, so she has, and she's found that really helpful. But she, she, you know, she just hadn't, you know, hadn't come to mind before. Um, but, you know, and another thing that I think is really helpful is if you follow sport, if you've got a team, favourite team, you know, you've always followed a particular sport, keep following it. Yes. Keep, you know keep seeing how how you know how they're doing up the league or in the competition you know um you know keep your eye on you know and your mind on other things too that are around in the world um it, it just helps you to fill things a little bit less narrow and uh, keeps things i think open um feel a bit more connected to the world um other things read books kindles listen to audio books, you know, chapters and bits and pieces where you can. Um, but, you know, whatever you choose, make sure it's something you enjoy and it's pleasurable because your your time is precious. Yes. So you want to make sure that you're using the best of it, I think, in, in, in the best way for you. Brilliant. Thank you. There's lots of fantastic tips there. I'm sure people will go back and listen to this podcast twice to, to just take it all in. That's great. Um, thank you, Jackie. And if anyone would like to find out more about the carer support groups that Jackie facilitates, please get in touch with the PSPA helpline on 0300 0110 122 
or you can email the helpline at helpline at pspassociation.org.uk. So I'll hand over to you now, Jackie, to lead the 10 minute relaxation session for our listeners to enjoy. And thank you for joining us today. Welcome to this tense and release relaxation session. Make sure you're sitting or lying comfortably with your arms by your side. Close your eyes. Make yourself as comfortable as possible. We're going to talk through a series of exercises through the body to help you become more relaxed. So by the end of the session, you can really feel a difference. First, we're going to concentrate on the muscles in your hands, your wrists, and your lower arms. You can tense these by squeezing your hands into fists. Feel the tension in the muscles and then let go and relax. Let the muscles unwind. Enjoy the feeling of letting go. Feel the difference as some of the tension eases away. Now move your attention to the muscles in the front of your upper arms. You can tense these by bending your arms at the elbow and trying to touch your wrists to your shoulders. Feel the tension at the front of your upper arms and then relax. Let your arms come down once again to your sides and relax. Let all the tension ease away from the muscles as you do so. Now let the muscles in the back of your upper arms tense by straightening your arms out in front of you making them as tight as you can. Straighten your arms, feel the muscles, feel where the tensions are, and then relax. Once again, let your arms come down to your sides. Feel the difference as the tension eases away from the muscles. Enjoy the feeling of letting go. Letting the whole of your arms relax more deeply. So both arms completely relaxed and at ease. And move our attention to our shoulders. You can tense these by shrugging them. Bring them up to your neck as high as you can. Bring them right up. Feel the tension in your shoulders where the muscles might be particularly tight. Feel it across your upper back and then relax. Let your shoulders drop down 
and feel the difference as you do. So all the tightness loosen and ease as you let the muscles unwind. Enjoy the feeling of letting go and the muscles becoming more comfortable and more deeply relaxed. Now the muscles in your neck, you can tense these by pressing your head back against chair or the bed or behind you. Let your head press backwards, feel the muscles become tense, tucking in your chin. And then relax. Let your head come back to a comfortable position. Enjoy the letting go. Allow your head to be supported by a chair or bed by resting back. Let your muscles unwind and relax more deeply. So the muscles in your neck, your shoulders, your upper back, and your arms are relaxed. Make sure your hands are still relaxed. If any tensions crept back into any of these areas, and take time to relax them that little bit more now. Move to muscles of your face, starting with your forehead. You can tense these by lifting up your eyebrows, wrinkling your forehead as much as you can. Hold it, feel the tension, and then relax and let go. Let your eyebrows drop and the skin on your forehead and scalp smooth out completely. Notice the difference as tensions ease away from your forehead, leaving the muscles more relaxed. This time, I want you to frown as hard as you can. Bring your eyebrows down and together as if you're annoyed with someone. Frown, bringing your eyebrows down and together. Feel the tension. Then relax your eyebrows, letting the skin smooth out once again on your forehead. Notice the difference as you let self relax, unwind, and the tension ease away. There's no effort, nothing being held. And we're going to do the same for our eyes. You can tense them by squeezing your eyes tightly shut. Feel the pressure in your eyelids and the tension around your eyes. Hold it. And then relax. Relax your eyes, your eyelids. There's no pressure in them at all. They can be still. And relaxed. 
Now to the muscles of your mouth and jaw. You can tense these by biting your teeth together, feeling the tension in your mouth and along your jaw lines. Feel where that tightness is and then relax. Let your teeth part slightly so there's no pressure between them. Let your tongue relax. Drop down to the bottom of your mouth. No tension, no effort. Just relax. And now to your lips. You can tense these by pressing your lips tightly together, pursing them. Feel the tension in your lips, feel where it's tight. And then relax. Relax your lips so they're just lightly together. There's no pressure between them. Let tension ease away. Find a comfortable position for your mouth. Enjoy the feeling of your whole face relaxing. Check back the muscles around your eyes, your forehead, your mouth, your jaw, your neck, shoulders, arms, hands, fingers are all relaxed and that no tension has crept back into any of these areas. And relax. And let the tension ease away as you become more deeply relaxed. And move to the muscles in your chest. You can tense these by breathing in, filling your lungs up. Right up, breathe deeply. Hold it. Feel the tension in your chest where your muscles are tense and then relax. Breathe out. Feel the muscles of your chest unwind as you do so. Breathe normally regularly and evenly. Each time you breathe out, try to feel the muscles of your chest relax that bit more. Feel the difference as you let the tension go. Each time you breathe out, you can imagine saying the word Relax to yourself. Feel your chest relax that bit more. Now, muscles of your stomach. You can tense these by pulling a stomach in tightly. Feel the tension where the tightness is and hold it. 
or relaxing and letting the tension ease away from the muscles. Noticing the difference, becoming more comfortable. Your whole torso relaxing. Lastly, we're going to look at the muscles in your legs. Intense these by stretching your legs out in front of you, making them straight, pointing your toes away. Stretch your legs. Feel how the tension is and then relax. Let your legs and feet come back to a comfortable position. Enjoy the feeling of letting go. Become more and more deeply relaxed. Turn our attention to our feet. And just curl our toes tightly. Feel that tension all around the foot and the ankles and then let go. Let go of all the tension and relax. So now your feet and your legs are relaxing, muscles in your stomach. Make sure your chest is still relaxed with your breathing nice and even. Each time you breathe out, imagine saying the word relax. And as you do, feel your chest relax that bit more. Make sure your face is still relaxed. Your tongue is in the bottom of your mouth and your eyes aren't tense. Your forehead is smooth. Check the muscles in your neck, upper back, shoulders are still relaxed. Same with your hands and arms. Feel your whole body heavier, more comfortable more relaxed, sinking into the chair or bed as you let it do the work of supporting your body. Carry on the feeling of letting go, sinking deeper and deeper into relaxation for as long as you would like to. Breathing out, Saying the word, relax. Enjoy the feelings. Let go. And enjoy this time, relaxation for yourself. Whether you go to sleep or you get up, 
Do so slowly when it's your time to. Okay. 